0: to the silver heathen podcast i am the silver heathen uh very happy today to sit down and talk with my buddy ron you were in harbor hall together i'll go into the particulars right away but uh this should be fun ron's a good dude ron how you doing my friend
1: doing great man blessed to be here
0: yeah so what's new man what's what's new since treatment
1: um well i just went over and did my step one over the weekend so that was kind of nice felt a little exhausted so i must have worked the step technically <laughs> <laughs>
0: talk, so talk a little bit more about that i don't think everybody knows what working a step one means uh i think that's kind of a harbor hall thing talk about that a little bit if you would
1: well i'm part of uh I, when i got out of harbor hall i'll just start there i got out of harbor hall i did the 1016 uh Uh, Outpatient, which is a recovery housing over here. Um, I did outpatient as well as sober living. But I had to choose a program that I could uh, take part into my daily life. So I joined NA has been a big factor in my recovery throughout the years. And the same keep coming back, so it's like one of the things I might as well just stay, you know. Right. Um, so I got I got it, picked up a sponsor, you know, and he's been uh doing 90 and 90 with me. You know, that's one of the things we do 90 minutes, 90 days, just to get acclimated with uh our with just people around here making new connections. And I got the step working guide, you know, uh through the NA uh, literature, right. and uh you kind of go over that with the they have a how it works book also and you kind of reflect on yourself and things you've done and what you need to uh, kind of surrender to, you know. And uh, me, my I have to basically surrender my will over. Um, I'm not always right. I have to remain um, teachable. And uh, then any programs offered me that. So I got dug into my step one, which is uh, turn my will on my life over <laughs> I'm powerless over against my addiction. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, And it just asks you some questions throughout that. And it asks about, you know, how if I'm obsessing, um, you know, recently and what I'm obsessing about. um, And then it asks about the harms that you have done to others, how how your addiction has affected others. Um, it's kind of like a dig deep into your active addiction and kind of how you're also thinking without the chemicals in your head now and the difference in between that. Um, I started talking about my daughters and got pretty choked up on how I affected them. Sure. Um, but like I said, by the time I was done talking, we did a bonfire um and my sponsor would read through the steps and i would just kind of vocally talk about it you know i've done some writing on it um and it was time to work with him about it so i just kind of went from the heart and uh yeah by the time i was done i was just kind of exhausted you know just admitting a lot of the stuff and yeah i have been obsessing about other areas of my life and i could see that you know so it's kind of nice to recognize that clean today yeah
0: yeah yeah, and I'm, i'm so glad that uh I haven't had a lot from the NA side, and uh, I have a couple people. One dude that comes to mind in particular on Twitter that, you know, he's like, "Man, where are all the NAs at? Where, you know, it's alcohol this and alcohol that." Because, and I think, um, you know, I want to go back to your step one thing, but I, I think, and, and maybe you can say this uh, comment on this as well. I think alcohol is more accepted. Oh, you're an alcoholic. Well that's terrible, but at least you're not a hard drug user. At least you're not one of those people, right? I mean, do you ever feel that way?
1: Um, I've I have had that to where it's legal or it's more it is more socially acceptable. Um, however, what I like to point out about the whole na thing is it's not about the drugs or alcohol. I, I mean, that's just the uh Symptom of what's really going on, you know, we deal with the disease of addiction. Um, to me, this is a thinking disease. Um, and if I don't do daily maintenance on that for myself, um, and my thoughts get a little squirrely. You know, I think negative about things that I shouldn't, or I worry, or I have fear. Um, so this kind of does an underlying not just about substance but about the addiction itself. I mean, heck, I, I mean, I'm, I'm drinking coffee left and right. You talk about caffeine, I kind of switched to that, you know. So it's kind of realizing what you're overusing, how even how I'm eating. I mean, I've become really into candy lately, you know. Jolly Rancher saved my butt, but I'm constantly putting one in my mouth, yeah. you know? So it's just seeing them other things other than just the drugs and alcohol. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, there's definitely a stigmatism because. It's like, okay, well, at least I drink, I don't do this, or at least I'm doing, or at least I'm smoking weed, but I'm not doing that, or at least I'm uh, doing cocaine, but I'm not doing heroin and stuff like that. It's, it makes no difference. Drugs are drugs, a drug to me, you know, sure, all, sure. All drug, you know, everything's a drug. I mean, even caffeine's a mind altering substance to a point.
0: No, it absolutely is. Yes, and I use I use uh, Dr Pepper like it's going out of style. Regular Dr Pepper, Dr Pepper Zero, Diet Dr Pepper. I mean, if it's Dr Pepper, man, it's in my gut.
1: Yeah, I just
0: I and and you're right. The the program, especially of NA and AA, you know, uh, talk about you know the substance is just a symptom. You know, you're using that as as you know to deal with the things that are on the inside. I think what what the problem is for people who want to get started into this. You know, you find somebody passed out from a rough night of drinking, um, you know, they are looked upon a different way than uh, I just had a guy. uh, Well, we both know him, but I won't say who, but I I, I just had a buddy that was found face down. Right. And because he OD. So walking in and seeing somebody that was taking a bunch of this or smoking that or shooting this or that there just seems to be a, a worse stigma on that. And it's really the same thing. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't matter what the substance is. It's they're, they all suck ass.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: but yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm really glad to have somebody on the NA side of this to, to kind of talk about this. So,
1: yeah, well, I mean, there's. A, I think that also in the like, as far as society's gone, that with the overdoses that have been happening, um, it's been more of an eye opener on different substances besides just alcohol. However, you um, you know, alcohol makes a lot of money and is very socially. I mean, in my opinion, you go into the town like Bay City where they turn into a chemical type of town. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? As far as I could tell. You know, so I I don't know, but it's just finding that program and words are just words, whether it's alcohol for anonymous Mm -hmm. or narcotics for anonymous or cocaine for anonymous or sex for anonymous. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's what program works for the individual. May you find your way, you know?
0: Yeah, addiction has many labels, like you said, sex, gambling, you know, uh, buying things. You know, I think I got I got a little problem with that. (laughs) Buying things makes Scott feel more gooder. To use proper English or not proper English. Miley said that there's no such thing as people who say more gooder, but you know what? I'm going to be me and say more gooder on Damn it!
1: Well, I've been pretty (laughs) open about, about my use. So I haven't really, as far as the stigma goes, this hasn't happened to me because I'm a, I just, I talk about it all, I guess. So for others, it might be a little differently as far as the stigma goes. Sure.
0: Sure. Now that's going back to that step one. You're obviously doing something different with your sponsor now that um, that we did in Harbor Hall. In Harbor Hall, we had to go through what was it, like 20, 23, 28, something like that. Mm -hmm. Questions. And they called that step one. And that was something that you had to work on for days, if not weeks. And then we had to sit in front of the entire house of men, which was 20, 30 dudes. And we basically, our step one was to tell our life story. And and what you're doing is you're basically going through the entire steps, but you're talking about how it started, you know, what happened and why you're there. You know what I mean? So that was, that was a pretty intensive uh, thing and it is exhausting. Um, I would like to get those, actually, I would like to get those questions, but I think they're kind of like copyrighted to to uh, to to Harbor Hall. I kind of asked somebody that worked there and they're like, ah, I'm not really sure I can just send you those, you know, but um, I do have a copy somewhere. So I'd like to go back through those myself. Yeah.
1: I still have my copy too. I save all my stuff for. Oh dear. For and stuff. Yeah, of course. Well, then you're going yeah, to have to be a screenshot. Yeah. It's been a big, deep, dip, uh, dig deep program, you know, and Harbor Hall, that is one thing that uh, they opened me up about it, being just brutally honest from the very start you know and that's what i if you want to succeed i would imagine that's what you got to do and that's what i decided to do it was very tough at harbor hall kind of spilling my guts in front of yeah. everybody but it was very nice to do so you know yeah
0: yeah and, and and one thing that um as he's called spirit dan he would always talk about being authentic you know and that's yeah. That's really, you know, my podcast isn't something that I have, you know, millions of listeners, but I have enough that uh, it's, it's growing and, and people, the one thing that always comes to mind is like, I, I like how authentic you are just because I speak real. I don't edit my shit. If I fuck up or say something, you know, that uh, some people might take the wrong way, I try to clarify it the best I can and I keep going. You know what I mean? And I, and I think you're doing a good job of that too, man. So, um so what's it been like since you got out of treatment, your last treatment? So that would have been, what, 10-16? Uh,
1: yeah, because guess we sober living. Yeah.
0: yeah, sober living. So so what's it been like, man? Where are you at in your sobriety? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm moving farther and farther away about giving shit about the days. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if I don't have today, those whatever X is, which is the previous amount of days, doesn't mean shit if I don't stay sober today, but it's still something that should be celebrated so so where are you at man
1: well i'm uh 10 months right now i moved out of sober living and i did have a lapse uh life definitely happens as soon as uh um you leave a facility of controlled environment i uh jumped into buying my own home and uh got overwhelmed with wanting everything back at once for some reason I wanted what I wanted and I wanted it now however um it lasted a day I uh went back over to my counselors at Text 1016 um talked to work and held myself accountable for everything everybody knows my story and um, been been good since and it's been really um my dad decided to leave my mom I uh ended up having a baby that wasn't mine I ended up going through all this stuff that life happens you know i've been able to go through these emotions without putting something on top of it um and some days are hard but at the same time i have these tools and different thought processes about them because the feelings do pass and if feelings the worst i get out of my sobriety i'll take that all day you know i mean it's really not bad just to feel i don't have to put chemicals on top of it so um, yeah, life is actually really good. I adopted a couple cats, they're brothers, you know, they keep me entertained here at the house. My living room looks like a library, I'm stu- stuck into lit- literature all the time. I love to read now, awesome. and uh, I'm chairing meetings, you know, so I'm doing meetings every day, every night, I'm on a system. I'm gonna chair the weekend meetings here in my hometown, and I'm uh, getting involved that way, keeping myself busy. So everybody around here has been very supportive. So I moved to where I kind of just moved to where recovery was, and I uh, made it. It made it easier not to use. You know, Dude, I,
0: yeah. I, I gotta tell you, man. There's a there's a confidence coming in your voice that that wasn't there. You know, I, there's a confidence. You know, speaking from a place of you know uh, some comfort there. So it's mm-hmm. it's really good to see, you, man. It's really good, good to, to see. You.
1: Yeah, so feel, 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 you know, it feels great. And, you know, I, my last couple of days have been pretty, pretty damn productive, especially after I did my step one stuff. I, uh, I, I was pulling weeds like that's the first time in years I went outside just to pull some weeds because I didn't like how it looked you know so that's it's kind of you know yeah the, the things are changing I ride my bike I ride that about seven miles to work in the morning Um, I'll, i am. Yeah, give or take when I ride at home of course depending on the heat but uh, yeah it's something to get outside of myself and challenge myself with so that's what I'm doing giving, coming up with new challenges Jesus. Uh, you know I'm yeah I'm out uh, looking at different job opportunities here and there but I'm taking my time with that um just staying on track you know I'm going to a barbecue sober event here at Stratford Park today you know getting acclimated and nice you know recovery community and get together for some corn cornhole and volleyball stuff and you know have those sober relationships and kind of share the message and you know just show it worthwhile you know
0: Okay, dude, look at you go, man, seven miles on a bike, you're slimming down, fuck, I'm (laughs) over here fatter than ever, because, (laughs) but uh, no, this is, dude, this is really good stuff to hear, man, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, you probably have a a vision of me from, from Harbor Hall, you know, I had this, you know, I remember Ron from Harbor Hall, you know, the poor guy, you know, I, I just wanted to just give you a hug or shake you. Whatever it was, but look at you now, man. I'm so I'm so glad that we did this, dude. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: All right. Well, let me, uh, I don't know if you know what fucking time we started. I try to keep these things around 40, 45 minutes. But, uh, so I did something I've never done before. I posted on Twitter. I said, hey, I'm having an impromptu kind of last minute thing with a buddy of mine that I went to treatment with. What should I ask? You yeah. know, and I actually had a handful of people. I sent you some of them. But uh, I, there's some other ones on here. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I should have done it. But now the, the way things are going, it just doesn't feel right. He's like, ask him about football. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> Ask him about Aaron Rodgers. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers being 45? and it's, it's Just throw him <laughs> for a loop. <laughs> I like, that's fantastic. I should have done that. but uh, yeah, we'll, stick to the, we'll stick to the other ones, though. Um, so this person, they didn't really ask a questions. All she said is uh, relapse awareness. So oh. I'm supposed to ask you about relapse awareness. So you had whatever happened 10 months ago. Congratulations again on that, by the way. Yeah. Um, so uh, what what are some things, uh, obviously you're going to meetings, but uh, Ron sent by himself, plans change, all of a sudden it's like nothing's going your way, and the mind starts thinking, what, uh, what keeps you aware of these feelings?
1: Well, the first thing is uh, I've never really picked up the phone before, I've changed that now a uh, get in my own head. I uh, definitely, uh, sponsorship is something that's really helped me, you know, to call him. And, you know, I was able to connect. It wasn't like the very first guy I talked to. It was sure. you know, like an interview and seeing who we, you know, clicked with. And who so had no, enough sobriety time under their uh, belt. And I ended up with a gentleman with 25 years and to me, he sounds wise to me, I guess, but he tends to kind of talk to what I listen to, to the tune of my own uh I don't know, I just I help with myself. He is right about a lot of things, gives me a different way to look at it. So when I'm sitting here by myself, kind of uh in the in the negative or just not going anywhere, I I'll, I'll strike up a conversation with him or reach out to somebody else, you know. Um, I don't sit here in my own stuff, that's for sure. Um, another thing I like to do is i uh I read a few of the chapters out of any book, like I said I like to read, and I'm big into recovery reading um you know there's a lot of different a lot of different things and stories out there from other recovery people um to make you kind of not feel alone, I know I was uh down in the dumps on my birthday. Um, and what I did to handle that is uh, I wasn't getting any phone calls because, you know, I ruined them relationships and it's going to take time. So I have to offer patience for it. But on my birthday, however, I wasn't getting the phone calls I wanted. Um, kind of allowed that to get to me, you know, pity me, um, stuff like that. So what I did is I, I got on, I just zoomed meetings. I ended up doing it from like 6 p.m. till 1 a.m. meeting after meeting. Um, there's a meeting an hour, you know, every hour of the day from all over. And what I found interesting, I was sitting in a meeting in Texas. Then I went to a meeting in um, California. Then I was in you know, one in Kansas, struck up a conversation with a guy in Canada, You know, so I don't have to sit here by myself and go down any negative paths. You know, Um, I like to stay busy with some housework. Um, But, yeah, if I if I find myself complacent or get, you know, woe is me type deal, I'll call somebody or get on a Zoom meeting. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. I mean, I try not to get overwhelmed in thoughts and they have them recover the relapse uh, triggers kind of warning signs. And if you see any of that stuff yourself or somebody else brings it up, get your ass to a meeting and call your sponsor.
0: Yeah, those are. Yeah, that's great stuff. And, you know, uh, those holidays and stuff can be. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, Uh, you you expectations. Right. Mm Yeah. So expectations we we expect people to you know sometimes and i fell into this you know uh, a, expectation can be both ends of it you know you expect people to to think poorly of you when they're not thinking poorly of you or they're you think that they're I, i'm expecting that everybody's going to judge me at this event that just happened to me last weekend um i've come this far people should be texting me and, and telling me happy birthday or merry christmas or happy fourth of july and they're not doing it you know we can really set ourselves up for So i think that's a great point. Uh, Kim, Kim on the live, she says, fucking brilliant. So she really enjoyed what you just said. Also, some guy named, uh, let's see here. Uh, I, I shouldn't shouldn't assume gender, but uh,
1: Steen
0: Fisher or something like that. <laughs> he, uh, he, he's, he says, the myth, the legends, my brothers in sobriety. So Steen's listening. Um, there we go ahead. He's got 16 months and uh obviously my good friend Ryan's listening too so we got Rock some people in. paying attention man it's pretty sweet the i'm dirt. very proud of you dude I'm, I'm i'm loving what i'm hearing today um so all right so let's move on to another one uh this Brian says talk about that little ray of hope uh that came through or at least i hope it did that started uh me and my journey so he's he's talking about <laughs> he must, he's saying that there was that little something came through and it was like, he could grasp onto that or follow that light. Uh, do you have a moment where you can think of where you can narrow it down if you don't, you know, um, you, uh, do you have something where you kind of, this is a turning point.
1: I'm trying to think. I think, I think there's been a few type of uh turning points for me, I guess. Uh, you know, and it's actually come from watching other people. Um, you can learn a lot by watching other people go through the process and their struggles, at, or in their victories. You know, um, give you something to be like, "Wow, I want to get me some of that." Um, somebody, you know, that peace with something. You know, you want to find out how they got that piece. Um, For me, you know, it was a big inspiration actually at Harbor Hall. How t- when he said he will not. Well, how do you say he will not debate with our disease? You know, that kind of struck me right there. You know, yeah. kind of eye opened me a little bit. Be like, yeah, why am I debating with my disease? What am I talking about here? You know, yeah. um, so he's, I've been doing, putting stuff in place to kind of combat that ever since.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I won't debate with my disease. It's been one of my things I've said, you know, I've, I've stuck with me. So it's kind of a turning point in my thinking process if you want to know the truth.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I think Dan is probably the guy, he's the only person that I've ever met that is not that hasn't come from addiction that fucking gets it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, I, I will not negotiate with your disease, you know, is the disease, you know, we get in that room all together, you know, and you know, is it in the house? And when he <laughs> said it, he's referring to the disease, you know what I mean? And he knew, and I, I don't know how he did it. I don't know how somebody that's never been through it could understand it so well, but uh, the, the dude has a gift and I really appreciate him. I mean, he was a giant dick sometimes, but he only did it to the people that were really asking for it. You know what I mean? They were mm-hmm. not asking for it, but in their own way, I think they were asking for help, you know, by lashing out and acting out, do right? you?
1: Well, the, part of me wants to think that because the way he was going about it, it, seems like he wanted to touch with that disease. You know what I mean? See how you would get what kind of reaction, what side of the brain you're going to think with. You're going to, you know, do it a little bit logically. You're going to do it irrationally. You're going to act out. If I say this to you and push your buttons, how irrational are you going to be about it? <laughs> you know. So I've seen people walk out and get that mad. It's either that or you look at it, you try to look at it differently. And that's the key about being open-minded. Yeah, you know, I say that all the time. You got to be open minded on change. You're not thinking totally correctly. They don't call it disease thinking for no reason. And if you're, you know, so it's kind of like you're fighting yourself in a way. You do need that outsider to kind of get you on yeah. track on a on a path of thinking, I guess. I yeah,
0: and, and it seemed like you know, out of all the people that would walk out, more more came right back than than. than yeah, you know,
1: absolutely. Yeah, right. the, the cooling off period.
0: Yeah. So Sober Grid Coaching says, uh, ask what to expect during the transition back to society from the inpatient unit. So obviously, we've been out of Harbor Hall for a minute, and you talked about how you had a little relapse. So, you know, uh, was it something that was festering? Was it something that just came out of nowhere?
1: Uh, Just it was, I'd say, just being overwhelmed. Um, You know, I put I did put some of them expectations up there is absolutely correct on not setting expectations, everything that I thought that I would get out of it, I did not get out of it, you know, I'm able to have a, a home to live in, you know, I was able to work hard to get that but as far as having life the way I thought it would be, it's not the way it went, you know, and I had to find a acceptance to that, you know, especially because I want what I want. You know, um, there's certain relationships. They, they just might not come back, um, you know, stuff like that. So I just had, you know, that I don't know. As soon as I stepped out of a controlled environment, life hits you in the face, you know, and everything, you know, and you, you, I think you get a lot of worry and a lot of your anxiety happens all at once. And it depends on how you handle it. You know, I went back to my old ways and I shouldn't have. Um, however, I recognized it and was able to stop it a lot faster than normal. You know, usually I get stuck in that rut and it takes, you know, hell's fury to get me out of it. Um, You know this time i was it scared me it scared me straight i was very scared when i picked up that bottle when i got out of all my treatment stuff um that that night to the next morning um i seen in my head what my future would be like cuz now i have that choice right cuz i mean before we were like we don't have a choice a kind of type deal but now i have the choice i know if i pick up again I'm going to lose everything I worked for. I know that I'm going to end up dying. I'm going to end up back in jail. That's been the record. That is, if I play the tape back, here's the evidence shown. So it was kind of like a scare tactic, man. I never want to go back to that. So I'll never, you know, it's one of them. Do what I can to alleviate the pressure of life, and you know, don't set up expectations or unreasonable expectations, anyways. So um I'm doing it a day at a time for the first time in my life. I actually understand what it means to live a day at a time. So that's where I'm at, you know. But yeah. yeah, life definitely hits you with overwhelmness and expectations of after you get out what you think it should be. And it's usually not. So don't set yourself up that way. Be humble and get out to your meetings and branch out with other people that's been through it. to Surround yourself with connections. Healthy yeah. connections.
0: Yeah, yeah, this podcast has has saved me and kept me going many times, man. Um, yeah. being able to talk to people from all over the world and and around the US or whatever and hearing those stories keep things fresh. You know what I mean? Right on. All right. So uh Rich, a good buddy of mine, uh, we do some Twitter spaces together. He uh he wants us to talk about the methodology that was used and the treatment. We talked about that a little bit with Dan poking the bear and, and um, you know, kind of some tough love scenarios at, at, mm-hmm. at Harbor hall. Um, obviously he said, did it help? And I, I, I think it got us going, right? Like yeah. for, for me, I relapsed too pretty hard, got my fourth OWI after leaving Harbor hall, mm-hmm. but it, it took that last relapse to put everything into action that i learned at Harbor hall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I could be sitting, you know, Steen's got 16 months. I could be sitting at a year and a half too, but, Wah, wah, wah. that didn't happen but here I am and feeling better than ever right
1: right absolutely
0: um he says uh, how were the messages delivered to you and above all else, else was effective we talked about that I I, I feel they were pretty effective obviously 1016 uh was he says uh, treatment can be a really scary thing I know I was in long-term treatment I was brainwashed and believing that I had uh had the problem 20 years later i would come back to realize that it was true the treatment industry and it is just that it's not a bad point it is an industry it is there mm-hmm. to make money Yeah. despite having many amazing people working and serving in it um, is guilty of seeking profit rather than results so with harbor hall man i don't know the ins and outs of that but uh it didn't feel that way did feel that way to you that you know, you're just another person walking into the door and we're just going to get you in, get you through the treatment and get you out. Did it feel that way to you at all?
1: Uh, No, not at all. I've been through programs that way. This would have been my seventh uh, facility as far as re- rehabs go. Um, and I could tell the difference between caring and just doing the money. It's like even with therapy, they're here, either there to yeah. help individually or they're just there for their paycheck. Um, Harbor Hall. It was very caring. As soon as I walked in the door, you know, um, they've seen me go through anxiety attacks. They don't recommend isolation, but they let me, you know, spend. Had panic attack time inside my room, you know, and we talk about it with the therapist. And they shared, like, they'd have a meeting every day and talk about each person and where they were at individually. And that created a good therapy environment for each person. So it was much more about helping a person versus the business aspect of it, you know. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't want. I didn't mean. Uh, hopefully, we're, we're cool. I, I didn't mean to make this an advertisement for Harbor Hall. It's just um, I know that we are in it together, and I yeah. think it's important to talk about it because, uh, as Richard talked about in the tweet, it, it can be a scary thing to go into treatment.
1: Absolutely. Well, there's all. I mean, there. I've. I have been part of another couple of other programs early in my recovery where that were the same thing. It's very much um, you know, you it what sucks is you sign on for a 90-day program and you got to figure that out through that long stay to, if they're there for your individual needs yeah. or not. Um but I guess that's where you do your homework and reviews. But however if you're rushing to a rehab, that's not the very first thing you're looking at. Oh, fuck,
0: dude, my first one, I, I went in there, it was a 30 day program and at 26, like it was you know, I had like a week to go and the counselor's like, you know, I think you're doing great. You know, would you want an early release? And it's like, looking back now, I'm like, why the fuck would you ask me that? Of course I do. Of course <laughs> I want to get out here early. You know yeah. what I mean? And and then I lasted like a week, you know, felt, you know, on cloud nine, I looked great. I felt great. And then it was worse than ever. You know, it's like, fuck, fuck, fuck off, that- dude.
1: I've met a couple people that Harbor Hall wasn't for them. You know, um, yeah. everything's in it very individualized. So to find that, it's like finding the right sponsorship or right meeting or the right program for you. It, yeah. it, it,
0: it really is a, a son of a bitch, though,
1: Ryan, yeah.
0: because you could walk into anywhere and not be ready for treatment and say, "This isn't for me. I need to find something else." Yeah, it's you know true. I mean?
1: There's a fine line there
0: it's a, it's, it's a son of a bitch. It's when you're ready to put the effort in, you know, uh, I mean, I, I would send, well, I work for another treatment place now. So now I kind of have to, you know, say, Hey, you should go here. You know, Harbor hall is always going to have a a special place for me. So let's, let's talk about something a little more fun here. Uh, Brent B asks uh, new things you've learned to enjoy in sobriety. So I know for me, things have changed. So what do you enjoy now in your, in your 10 months of sobriety that maybe talk about things that you enjoy that you, like you said, pulling weeds that you might not have, uh, enjoyed before or things that you used to love that have come back in your life. What do you enjoy now in sobriety that was gone in in addiction?
1: Well, I mean, reading is one of them, you know, regardless of my reading material has changed, but I've, I, uh, I used to read all the time I was brought raised my kids on it um you know it, was, it just helps and that's I got away from that very heavy in my depression and active use and technically, that's all the hobbies I had at the time. So that's um what has changed now as I've gotten back into that. I I've, I've got bought a nice bike. I'm doing the more exercise stuff. Um, I love doing yard work, um, cooking, and being able to eat finally, you know, and instead of not eating for days, it's nice. So I get into cooking, and I love helping others, you know. I uh, find joy in that, but I have to make sure that I'm helping others for the right reason, not to, like, not focus on myself, you know? So it's like, okay, make sure that I'm doing it in a healthy manner. Um, But I love giving back and volunteering and stuff. And that's all stuff I never did. I was too busy on my couch sitting by myself. So nobody knew what I was doing. Sure. So yeah, it's definitely night and day, you know, I'm slowly getting back. We're going to get into some RC cars or the gas powered ones as I got to go buying a couple of those running around my lot here. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go get my fishing license, do some fishing throughout this, uh, the rest of the summer and fall I was talking with a couple guys about that. We we're playing sober poker night, you know, we do that oh. with the guys, you know, so yeah, I mean, we're definitely different ways, you know, I mean, we do, uh, my sponsor loves board games, you know, you, I'm not a big board game guy, but at the same time, it's a good activity to do on a rainy night, you know, sure. get together with another sober person and play a game you know the ideas of fun have definitely changed um so yeah you know do do the activities with the clean community that you can
0: well and and now you're a cat lady too right so i mean you got that going for you too (laughs) <laughs>
1: definitely have the run of the house that's for sure yeah i mean that's another thing though you know i mean it was great to have uh the companionship of these two sitting here you know on a sad day they can actually they you know when you're sad and make you smile so yeah, that's nice yeah,
0: I I told a couple of people, I was like, I'm gonna get on and I'm gonna give Ron a hard time, and it hasn't went that way. So I had to take the jab at the at the cat lady thing. I mean, you're no offense to cat ladies out there. I'm sure you're a great cat <laughs> dad, daddy or whatever they whatever they call it, man. So make
1: sure you're right. my sober heathen ascott. Never
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'll get a, get a bunch of hate mail for our cat lady comment.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
0: you got so. AA is big for you in the podcast. I've talked to a lot of people that uh, it's come through or NA, I'm sorry. Uh, NA, they're the same to me. And I know they're not the same thing, but to me, it's, it's, it's the same thing.
1: But the things that separate them that I'm learning are the traditions, the promotion, um stuff like that like kind of advertising within the groups of the other groups um you know and i and technically i've been through i've i've been through AA. i i've taken it's kind of like take what you use leave the rest type of thing you know um so i've used Plenty of but AA in my arsenal. And technically, you know, AA came from that Stratford, right? And then he had AA. Well, then all of a sudden, NA said, well, we want a part of that. Let's create our own traditions and word it differently. Yeah, and also, now you have the NA that said, okay, we're going to list this for the actual addiction part, not just the chemical, you know. And actually, had a guy at work said, well, this is narcotics on it. So what? You know, I mean, if that would have said something different, would that be okay? Yeah. You know, so it's just, I mean, it's, it's just a mental thing to, uh, practice the traditions and the program you're at however if you're into multiple programs right you still want to have that one main program but take what you can use out of the other ones there's plenty of things and knowledge and everything that's recovery related that's what i found out you know yeah. so i spread that message into what i share that's my spiritual journey yeah.
0: so, i i think all those things are very important take what you need and leave the rest i i know that um you know, when we were in treatment together, uh, most people migrated to the AA meeting, and it wasn't because it was the AA meeting, it was because of the connection, the crowd. You know, the AA meetings just had a better, a better feel, you know, and, and I never went to the NA side, but it was the same thing that everybody would say, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to AA tonight because the feel isn't right over in the NA group. And that could have easily been flipped. You know what I mean? I'm not not saying anything against the NA. It it was just that particular group just didn't have the connection. You know, we were crying, you know, we were, you know, cheering for each other and it it was just a greater connection. I think that connection is the number one thing.
1: Right. Well, it's kind of nice. Like when you join the one group, right. You like, say you do your 90 and 90, Mm -hmm. they notice when you're not going to meetings, they notice when you're kind of off kilter at the meeting, they ask you what's wrong, you know, or you would, yeah, like I said, you get that phone call. If you miss a meeting, they're not like they're chasing you down, but that first initial phone call to say, Hey, are you okay? You know, goes a long way. Um, so, I mean, it is important to find a, I think a, a certain fellowship that you can be accountable with. Um, however, it's up to you on which one that is, which coincides, because yeah, I mean, it, it, what works for me doesn't work for others, you know, yeah.
0: And like we talked about, you have to be extremely honest with yourself, though, in order mm-hmm. to find that. You have to, am, am I not liking this because I'm uncomfortable and I don't like the things that are being said? Or am I uncomfortable because I don't want to face the things that I'm facing? It, it takes extreme, you know, uh, inner look and investigating your thoughts of why I don't like this or, or that to, to, to really make that, man. And I think that's when things change, man.
1: Well, the one thing we've been talking about lately here, um as far as locally is kinda the relationship thing, right? The one thing people don't really uh pay attention to or try not to pay attention to is sex. I guess that comes with your addiction and pleasure. Um, and they say to avoid your emotional roller coaster for a year after you're focusing on yourself. And I never quite understood that because I always wanted to have somebody next to me help me and whatever have you. Um, but the emotional changes um, within that year of working on yourself and going through everything, the emotional wreckage of your past, and then to get involved into some kind of intimate type of deal with another individual and say it doesn't work and i can kind of see now that they from a record of my past you want to uh, watch some major emotional changes that you can control you know um so I, I i kind of been on that track too, looking at recovery different in that aspect you know because you definitely want to be careful who you let into your life at an intimate level that way you don't get hurt in, in the process of healing. Because that's what we're doing, right? We're healing. Our brain takes who knows how long to actually heal anyways. And we, you know, so it's kind of like just being there for the support for our brothers and sisters rather than being a codependent type of thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's why they they tend to say you need a year, right, to to give your brain and, and everything time to, to adjust. And it, like I said, it is different for every single person um so that's good man i'm glad i'm glad that you're focused on this i'm glad to to see you the the way i'm i'm seeing you here on the camera you know you look good you sound good you saw you sound strong man I'm i'm really happy to see that dude
1: no i'm glad we did this scott for sure
0: yeah man well um you know what else you got what else you got going on anything that you want to anything you want to share before we uh go enjoy the festivities of america's birthday
1: Yeah, right. Um, You know, as far as uh, anything I want to share, the things that I guess what has helped me, and that's the how of the programs is the honesty. I had to be really honest with myself, not, you know, say, hey, could it be this? No, it's that, you know, it's nobody else's fault. I'm at fault. Um, You know, the open mindedness to change, um, you know, and changing your thinking as far as that goes, it takes time, it took me forever to groom my head how it thinks. So changing the perspectives and how I think, and my automatic reactions to negative situations is going to take time. So I have to offer myself that time, you know, and the willingness to do so, you know, the willingness to take action to change. You know, and that's what it is. I mean, you got to take the action. You can sit here and just sit at meetings. You can sit here and just talk to people. But if you're not putting actions into yourself to do better, nothing will ever change. So I, I'm a big advocate for the how of the program, guys, really. So,
0: yeah, nothing changes if nothing changes,
1: right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy to sit here on this couch, man. I mean, that, that, my brain will want me to sit here all day, but as soon as I, you know, talk to myself, say, "No, let's get up and do something," you know, once you start, it's easy to keep going,
0: dude. There's a fucking energy coming from you there that I don't remember, and I'm I'm so <laughs> happy to see it, my friend. And uh, there's a there's a true, genuine smile on your face makes me so happy to see it, dude. This uh this podcast they never go the way that I think they do, but uh, I'm really happy the way that this one went. Just to to see the smile and see the the energy and the positivity coming from me, my friend, it, uh, it was really good to sit down and chat and do this thing. And uh, we'll do it again. Cause I, I, you know, again, I, I don't like keeping them separate, but uh, people do feel separate when it comes to NA and, and AA. I, I think a lot of the people that are on the NA side, uh, I want to try to encourage them to to speak out more and, and help those people out. You know, uh, it, it, it just, uh, it's not going to hurt anything. It's not going to hurt anything to have an avenue to talk about what you've gone through on that side of the of the fence.
1: I did do a Naranon meeting for the family of uh, for families of uh, addicts and stuff. It's kind of like Al-Anon. I recommend that too. It's just sitting through one of those to see how they yeah. blame themselves. Yeah. Like I had, you know, a father he's blaming himself. It's my fault. They always think it's his fault. But at the same time, that's why they're there, for the support to show yeah. us not their fault and to give them the tools to do what they can. You know, it's just a no, different you need a different knowledge. And so yeah. I recommend doing that.
0: You're absolutely right. And my first guest on the podcast was uh, a woman from the Al-Anon side because I want this podcast to not just be with people that are going through addiction itself, but the people that have been affected because mm-hmm. you're absolutely right, man. Hearing those stories and, and the the guilt and the weight that, our loved ones put on themselves for our behaviors. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really is eye opening. You know, it's not just happening to you. And as, as somebody, and I can speak for myself. You know, it just felt like the world was crumbling around me. And so I would just go drink more. I wasn't really thinking about what was happening to the people that I care about and what what way they were putting on themselves on top of seeing me go through that. So yeah, that's a great point, dude.
1: All right, man. I'm All glad right. we got to talk, Scott. You're looking good, brother.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I'm festively plump, but I'm happy and I'm sober, so fuck it, right? <laughs> yeah, Good
1: deal.
0: All right, buddy. Well, you have yourself a, a wonderful day, and uh, stay in touch, my friend.
1: Yeah, you know I will, man. You too.
0: All right, buddy. Take care. Bye.